Good morning and welcome to the podcast. My name is Hayden Leverett. We'll be joined by Riley Davis here in just a couple minutes. Today we have a special interview with Greg Richardson, who is the owner of Summer Moon DFW. He's going to talk a little bit about his story and how he came to be the owner of Summer Moon DFW and what that was like and where he sees the company going. So join us for that, and then we are going to start off with a What's in Our Cup segment with Greg, and we're going to talk about wood-fired coffee. So let's get into it. What's in our cup? All right, so we want to start talking about the um, wood-fired coffee. Okay. Because that's what Summer Moon does really well. Mm -hmm. It was like something that they were kind of one of the first people to do, right? Yeah, I mean... Technically, it's kind of reinvented, so it's the way coffee would have been roasted, sure. you know, prior to the industrial age. Yeah. And but no, nobody seemed to be doing it on a large scale. So you you might see some uh, somebody doing it in their backyard or something, or you know, something on YouTube about it, like roasting a pound at a time or something. But yeah, they seem to be kind of creating this large scale movement and and uh, doing it in a really different way. So you can see a large-scale roaster. Um, I think there's Mr. Espresso in San Francisco is one of those that does it with wood fire, but it's in a steel oh, yeah. traditional coffee roaster equipment. Yeah. It's just their fuel source is wood. Um, so it's not it's not like nobody's doing it, but nobody's doing it like Summer Moon. Right. So. That's pretty cool. And it's in a big brick oven, and I know since they started they kind of set them themselves up like not in a big place not in a big like warehouse or anything that that that's super easy to expand to because what what's going on now is they're kind of in a little shack on a little piece of land where they just basically add on to the building whenever they need to add a roaster which that, is kind of funky but yeah <laughs> you gotta do what you gotta do yes yeah, so it's very uh i guess resourceful and scrappy and mm-hmm. you know like a lot of small businesses and and it's growing, so very thankful for that. And so what it looks like, you know, a few years from now will be different than what it looks like today, probably. But that's been the path. So how would you describe wood-fired coffee in terms of flavor profile as opposed to maybe a gas-fired coffee? Yeah, so I I appreciate all kinds of coffee. Um, and I can say, you know, this honestly, Summer Moon is my favorite. And it's not because I, yeah, I'm biased. Sure. <laughs> I realize I am because I'm owner, owner. But um, I just love how it's not bitter. It's smooth. It's got less acidity. It's a rounder flavor profile. And um, I'm mostly an espresso guy. And I just, I love our espresso. Yeah. Everywhere I go, I try the espresso, and, and I've tra- tried some really good ones. But I keep coming back to ours, um, and it's because it, it's just very pleasant to drink. So Yeah, super smooth. Yeah. You like our coffee? You drink a lot of different coffees. I drink it like crazy. This is like my second or third cup today. Yeah. Um, Goodness. Yeah, it's, and it's the same blend. So right now it's our Thanksgiving blend right. that we're doing in shop that's currently in all three of our cups that we're sipping on. And yeah, I got a bag at home and we're already, I think we purchased it four days ago and it's already almost empty just cause we're just mowing through it cause it's delicious. But yeah, no, I mean the wood fired coffee, you can always taste the difference where it's just, it's just smoother and yeah, there's no bitterness or anything. It's always really, it's really good. You can always tell how acidic a coffee is too sometimes where when I'll buy from different roasters, occasionally, you know, I'll put cream in there and I've realized that certain creams like an oat milk cream or stuff will sometimes 
curdle or like separate when you put it into more acidic coffees. Um, and because right when it hits the coffee, if it's a super acidic one, it'll separate the milk a little bit if it's like a non-dairy creamer. Yeah. And so I've realized sometimes that's a good tell on if something is acidic is not just the taste, but also how the milk can respond to it when it hits it. Whoa. And anytime I've done coffees from our place, I've never seen that, you know, so it's put a little science behind that thing and that statement that, you know, it really isn't acidic at all because mm-hmm. I mean, I've never had creamer separate when I put it in our coffee. So that's a good thing. Yeah. Well, I've never realized that. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Got there some creamer in there. Get to know it. morning we're starting the pod here and we have greg richardson who's the owner of the dfw summer moon locations here uh greg thanks for coming on the pod yeah thanks for having me yeah so i wanted to talk to you about what you were doing before you became in touch with summer moon and maybe how that transition was yeah for sure so i was definitely not in coffee uh my background is uh finance professional so i had uh, a cpa license I worked in public accounting for a while, and then for about eight years, I worked for a pharmaceutical company in North Fort Worth, a global company, and um, I worked in actually prescription drug pricing and financial analysis. Jeez. So that was my background. Super fun. And I tell people all the time I went from drugs to caffeine, so it's pretty <laughs> yeah, easy transition. Easy transition. <laughs> uh, but yes, yeah, so it was very different. Uh, I didn't have the full beard that your listeners can't see on, right. <laughs> on this, but, um, I, you know, I wore a suit to work and, you know, Super had lots of bosses and spent a lot of time in boardrooms and things like that. And it was, it was a great experience. I actually loved it. Uh, at the time when I was working there, loved the experience that I got. It helped me learn a lot about business. It was an international company, yeah. Swiss owned, great benefits, really good pay. It was, it was, there was a lot of really good things about it, but sure. I got interrupted. Yeah. Yeah. So what was that? Uh, what led up to that transition into quitting your job? Yeah. So, uh, I got a call one day from a friend of mine, uh, who was my pastor at the time. We're still great friends. His name is Michael Roundtree. He called me. He'd been praying for me about, uh, looking at other job opportunities. I kind of seen the, you know, the corporate seen coming to an end for me I was looking for something a little bit more family um, accommodating my kids are getting older I was wanting to kind of have less time at the office and the career path I was on was more time in the office right. and kind yeah. of what it looked like and so um, so yeah he'd been praying for me and he called me uh, one day I believe it was in September October in 2015 and said hey I had this I was at work when he called me it's like in between meetings and I got this uh, answered and he's like hey I had this dream last night that you and Laura opened up a coffee shop and it was a big blessing to your family and the community and your kids were somehow involved and and it was something that was like kind of putting an end to this kind of struggle between home and work and um you know we in, in my dream, there was a specific date, November 2016, which, you know, at the time he was telling me that's a year plus. And he said that was 
kind of flashed vividly in my dream that that's when you were opening it. So, and wow. then he was like, you know, he, he told me about it and, and I mean, why he's telling me I'm getting kind of excited. I'm like, wow, that sounds really cool. <laughs> yeah. And, um, he goes, have you ever thought about that? And I was like, well, no, I haven't really thought about owning a coffee shop, but you know, now that, now that you're describing it, it sounds really good. So I'm, I'm going to wow. look into it, wow. see if there's something to this, you know, so. Yeah. And how did you get in touch with the people at Summer Moon after that kind of got planted in your mind? Mm-hmm. How did you make that relationship between you and Summer Moon? Yeah. So that it's, there's really no way to explain it other than it was just a God thing because I didn't know anybody in the coffee business. I'd never even worked in a restaurant. Mm-hmm. All I knew was spreadsheets. Right. And, you know, some, some of my contacts in pharmaceuticals. And, um, but I just knew enough about small business that, you know, you'd have to compete with the bigger companies and you need some kind of competitive advantage. And so I just started researching coffee and I was just reading about what's different out there, what's unique, what's something that you could do that nobody else has. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of stumbled on wood-fired coffee. I just had this incredible experience in Ethiopia where my wife and I traveled to Africa and... Uh, our our two adopted kiddos are, are from not from Ethiopia, but we had like a layover there, a stay over mm-hmm. there, and um, I got to experience a coffee ceremony in somebody's home, where they roasted the beans right in front of you, and and it's done with wood coals, and it really smells up the house while they're yeah. while they're roasting yeah. it. But it's it's such a, it was such an experience that it, like it marked me. Like I was like, wow, there's got to be something like that you could recreate. Um, you know, for, for people here. Uh, and so I just was researching wood-fired coffee um, and had read up on it that it's got a smoother, rounder flavor profile and, and nobody's really doing it on a large scale that I could that I knew of. And so, um, anyway, it was kind of interesting that that's where I started. And um, then I... I watched a uh, video on Amazon Prime with a show called Man Fire Food, and uh, they did a segment on Summer Moon. And, and you can still see the video today if you Google it, you can stream it. Um, and uh, you know they, they did just a tour of the roasting facility and talked about the wood fire roasting process and the coffee, and that was it. Didn't talk about the shops or the moon milk or anything yeah. else. Yeah. Uh, and and the, you know, the, the family is there on the video, and you see Bruce and Dustin and Justin are there and Amanda. And, um, they, um, you know, I saw what they were doing, and I was like, wow, that looks really exactly what I had in mind. Wow. I was like, wow, that's so unique. And for a moment, I'm thinking, I wonder if I could do it too. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Like, I wonder if I have enough room in my backyard to build a brick <laughs> oven. Oh, gosh. And could this really be something, you know, that kind of thing. I'm glad you don't do that now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that that's not what actually happened. And uh, But so that's a Saturday night. The very next day, I'm talking to our friend Alicia, who happens to be Michael's wife. She didn't know that much about what our conversation was uh, around the coffee dream but um, you know Laura and I were like we think we know what we're going to do we want to do wood fired coffee we saw the show last night where they're roasting with a brick oven we think it would do really well here 
and we're telling her, and she has a strange look on her face, and she's like, was it Summer Moon? And we're like, yes, it was Summer Moon. And she was like, oh, well, that's my best friend, Amanda. Oh, my gosh. Since the first grade. And, you know, <laughs> she just texted me last week that they're looking for, uh, like, a franchise partner in the Dallas area. Oh, oh gosh. my gosh. So you should uh, you should talk to her. Like, here's <laughs> here's her number and her husband's number, and, and uh, you know, I'll set it up. And so I was watching them on TV the night before and then I'm literally talking to them on the phone the next day. Yeah. So that was my introduction to Summer Moon. Yeah, there's no way that that, there was no like God intervention there. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty amazing. That's, yeah, that's insane. I've never heard your story before and that is insane how (laughs) that all played out. That is very much just meant to be, you would almost say. Yeah. I mean, that really played out the way it was supposed to. Do you think um, that that gave you any like confidence leading into it because of how well things played it sounds like you kind of roll with the faith and it sounds it seemed like everything just kind of almost seemed meant to be yeah i mean i think that's how a lot of things are in life you kind of have this sense that maybe you're supposed to do this and you think about it you pray about it you talk to your friends you get counsel about it and that's kind of where we were in that kind of like i'm not so sure stage Mm -hmm. and then that moment when we talked to alicia where she connected us with the family we were we just looked at each other we were like this was orchestrated yeah (laughs) like this is supposed to happen and and we you know i'm a firm believer that when you get something that that's that's so obvious like that to me it was obvious that it kind of also means you're going to need that confirmation later in in the in the journey to kind of reassure yourself yeah, because you're going to have some, some resistance and some things that challenge it along the way. So, um, so which we definitely had. So, um, so we could look back to that moment and be like, no, remember we're supposed to do this. This is not an accident. Yeah. Yeah. And so, well, you didn't necessarily go into it thinking that it was just going to be easy breezy after that. You, I'm sure you kind of understood that being a business owner, that wasn't going to be like, smooth necessarily there's gonna be trials so you got in contact with amanda right yeah she how is she in relation to the company so she's uh, her dad bruce okay and her brother dustin the three of them you know founded the company and justin was engaged to amanda at the time that they were just getting started and and um he refers to it as a shotgun wedding because they started the business and then they got married afterwards. He's, yeah. like, he's joking. But, yeah. But, um, but so, yeah, so, so they've been doing this for a long time now, uh, more than a decade. And, and, um, but that's how it all started with, with coming that, on 20 that, years. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be 20 years. So 2002 and, is when they started roasting the coffee. So. Yeah. So, uh, so when, after you got into contact with Amanda, how did that look in transition from your corporate job to starting to like, you know, getting your business loan or whatever, and then starting mm-hmm. your first shop. What was that transition like? And what did you have to do to get incorporated into the company? Yeah, so you have to kind of imagine where the where the company was at that time. They had one shop on South First that had been open for a little over 10 years at the time I started talking to them. They had been roasting coffee prior to that, but their shop had been around for 10 years. and a second shop in Buda that was a little bit slower start, not quite as busy. So they had those two shops and that was it. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that. And that was 2016? Uh, it would have been 2015, the fall of 15. Yeah. And, okay, so I didn't realize that. 
And so that means in five years, they've accumulated 20 stores. Yeah, there's close to 22 stores right now and growing. It, it'll be probably 30 in the next year. Yeah. I mean, it's, wow. it's a lot of rapid growth in just a short amount of time. And we're talking about, you know, four years. Yeah. So. Well, that'd be... I want to talk about the future for sure. Yeah. But your transition, I know you, you had to go to Austin and spend yeah. time learning about the product sure. and the company. Sure. Can you talk about that and what was some learning curves in terms of working with coffee and yeah. being a business owner that were really valuable yeah, in that sure. experience? So, yeah, so that's, um, there was a lot of just unknowns. I mean, we're basically starting a business based on this relationship, this new relationship that we have. A lot of it is just like observing them and being like, okay, I'm looking at their coffee business and they're, they've been successful with the two shops and can I replicate this? So there's a lot of questions. How do I replicate this? What do we do? And, I, and, and I'm still in my full-time job um, at this point and, and we take a good, a good year to kind of get there to figure out the plan. And then a lot of it's around real estate search. Sure. A lot of it's about me going down there, and and I took my my vacation from work to go to Austin and and stay there for a week and learn how to be a barista. Yeah. Um, you worked on bar. I worked on bar. Yeah. I, I closed the South Main shop at midnight. At the time, they were closing at midnight because of college. Wow! Yeah. <laughs> Holy cow! That's a great time to close a coffee shop. Yeah, it actually is. <laughs> It was kind of in a college town. Because, that makes sense. Yeah, and you can you can start really early. You know. It's, it's actually a nice a nice pace to yeah. close that late. That's really cool. You're just out late. But, um, so, yeah, I, I learned how they run their business there and got to know their staff and learned how to steam milk and and all that. But then the real estate's kind of the, the part that took the longest. And then learning how to, you know, get the finances together and things like that because I think before you do anything that's a big financial commitment, you have to figure out, do I have enough money to do this? Mm-hmm. Where's the resources going to come from? Mm-hmm. And do I have extra cash to make it work in the beginning when things are uncertain? So Yeah, no, that is some crazy stuff. Now, while we're on the topic of real estate, Greg, I was going to ask, how did you choose Frisco? How was, how did that come about? Yeah, so I'm, I've got a large family, you know, kids, uh, six kids. And one of the things my wife and I talked about as we were planning this is, like, it needs to be, like doable you know I still want to spend time with my family and so we were looking for locations close to our house which we live in Keller area and so um, that's where our our search was focused and that's probably why it took so long for us to find a spot is we were kind of narrowing our focus so I was looking in a 10 mile radius from my house for almost a year and we were having trouble finding the right spot and we were very selective and like if you're going to put your life savings into something like you want it to be worthwhile and and not compromise you know so um you know we were we were selective and we had like two deals fall through one place i had a contract on to actually purchase that would have been a really cool house that would have turned into a coffee shop and then we had zoning issues we had to cancel the contract and so i was feeling pretty defeated and that was some of the adversity we faced was early on was real estate and um, after we canceled that contract, I was like, man, I just, are we, are we ever going to get this off the ground? Mm-hmm. And uh, how hard can it be, right? <laughs> That's kind of what I'm thinking. <laughs> uh, at this point, it's been a year and a, um, 
Yeah, a year and a half. Okay. At this point. And so you open Summer Moon Frisco. Yeah, so we, what we did at that point of being frustrated, we were, um, uh, I just said, you know, we'll, why don't we just broaden our search and see what's out there? Yeah. So it's not the original plan. It's not what we wanted to do. But what if there's something that's a really great spot that's not in our neighborhood, you know? Yeah. yeah. And so I did that on a, on a, like a Friday night and then, or Saturday. And, um, I saw the Frisco place. It was for sale. It's a historic building. It was a really surprisingly affordable price. And I was like, this seems too good to be true. <laughs> and so I was like, well, let's just go out and see it. So I, I convinced Laura to drive out there on a Sunday. She was kind of reluctant. She's just like, what are you doing? This is not part of the plan, you know. Yeah. <laughs> we drove out to Frisco, and it's a, you know it's a forty-five minute drive minimum for us. And and she's like, you know, on the way over there, I know she's thinking this is a waste of time. Yeah. What are you doing? And I kind of was like, it's a long shot, and I was kind of okay with her, you know, rejecting it, yeah. you know. But um, we get there, and the place is closed. At the time, it was a place called Horse Hardware, which is a um, um, like European riding horse riding gear shop with like the the boot the boots and the hats oh, and everything. No. Oh boy! So <laughs> that's that's in the location. Yeah, the, where the, the location where now. it is right now. So that's what it used to be. And but you can peek through the windows. It was closed on a Sunday, and we just saw the brick. We mm-hmm. saw the ceiling. We saw just the charm of the, the awning and everything. And we were like this is really special. There's nothing like this on the market because we've looked. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, and um, she was like, we're supposed to do this. And I was like, really? I was like, are <laughs> you, you were just talking about how yeah. you didn't want to come out here. Yeah. So, so my wife is, is like our, you know, my number one source for like location vibes. You yeah. know, if she, <laughs> sure. if she is, is, is feeling like it's a good spot, then it usually is. So, right. Um, so I got really excited and we made an offer that, that day we didn't even walk inside. We made an offer to buy it and, um, you know, there were several other people bidding on it and, and somehow we got it. So, wow. That's how it started. So, so you bought it pretty much that day you put in an offer Yeah. and then when did you quit your job? Yeah. So that was the summer of, of 2016. When we made the offer, it takes a while to close on things. That's one thing about being a business owner is you don't always understand how long things take. So um, we closed in August, but we kind of didn't know what we were doing with construction, and that made it take longer, too. We weren't even able to start construction until November of 2016, which, if you back up to my dream, that's exactly when my friend Michael... Mm -hmm. Had predicted you know that we would open we we didn't actually open but we it was significant because that's when we started construction right around thanksgiving 2016. wow so um and that's when i started making plans to when i when i was going to quit my job and and transition just because running a construction project and having a full-time job no. you know it's pretty demanding that's so. a lot so um i actually left my job right after thanksgiving uh first week of December 2016 yeah took the plunge well that sounds like you had gone through a lot of time working at that company but still trying to spend the rest of your time finding locations and Mm -hmm. learning about the product and incorporating with the the you know summer moon brand that's already established yeah Yeah. seems like there's a lot of 
lost family time or like maybe some frustration about that but how did you manage your time and during that transition yeah the transition was was okay I mean we just we did everything kind of as a family like real estate search we'd pack up the kids and we'd go drive and look at coffee shops and they got to the point where they're like are we gonna look at another coffee shop (laughs) they They probably still do that they still do that yeah uh (laughs) but it was okay uh we you know and and I just I probably just spent a lot of late nights on the computer you know thinking through things and searching through things and so it definitely took a lot of my mental energy but it was it was it was kind of paced out yeah at that point um it kind of became more demanding just when you're actually doing it and like there's this shop now that's a baby shop and we're you know it's everything is so delicate in the beginning and and fragile and you know just the smallest little details can throw you off and so it was it was a it was a big battle just to get open Um, right you know we started construction in November and we didn't actually open until March of 2017. So we had a good, um, you know, five months yeah. journey there to, to get from shell to open. Right. So. so you, after you opened the summer moon Frisco shop, the first one in DFW, mm-hmm. how long did it take for your confidence to be like, okay, this is actually going to be something really special and I yeah. can see a little bit of the future of what this could potentially be. Oh, yeah. Be. So I would say, uh, you know, we knew the potential. It's just a matter of when When do you think you're going to reach, you know, where you think you can be. Yeah. Um, so there was a lot of demand. We were hearing from, from residents in Frisco that they were excited that we were coming. And so that was that was kind of reassuring. And then it wasn't until we had our grand opening that I really saw what kind of response there was in the community because we had a line out the door our first promoted opening day and um you know we probably did you know 300 transactions on day one and which which is just incredible um and so that was you know it was during like that first rush when you have the line out the door that you're like oh my gosh this is going to be good you know yeah just kind of had that sense like it's happening That's so cool. uh, and then also a little bit of panic like we need to hire more people right. and we yeah. need, you know yeah, yeah. Th- there's the the things that the the good problems so to speak that come with being really busy and, and yeah um, so then that's that's when we kind of had to sort through that so yeah so now coming to today summer moon dfw has four locations mm-hmm. and there's a lot of growing like you just said solving good problems like adding more people or adding more locations which is a stress in itself but it's also like a positive thing and something that something positive to overcome how has your role changed in um those four locations being added and how how has that growing been for you yeah uh it's it's been really good overall i i really like the direction we're headed I, I do a lot more administration i do a lot more zoom meetings and instead of uh, steaming on bar yeah I, I i haven't made a latte in a long time so uh i'll go a couple of months without making a latte so um uh you know it all that's possible because we have really great people and so um, we have people that we can trust and so that's part of learning being ready to grow is is also about letting go and and allowing other people to run the show for you and so um we've had to do that and and it's been a relatively smooth process because we have such great people that we trust to do that so 
um, you know, that's, I, I welcome the change and I, and I, I do miss, you know, interacting with the customers daily and the staff on a closer level and, 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 you know, the satisfaction of, of helping to, to serve a line of people, you know, that's, uh, I don't get to experience that anymore, but just vicariously, you know, sure. <laughs> so, but I'm okay with that. And, and, um, and just understand my role being more administrative in nature now. And so, um, and that's, that's really what we want. We have a, a goal to expand and keep growing. So, yeah. yeah. Well, what are some things that you're most excited for that you can see like happening in the near future for summer moon DFW? Yeah. So we, I mean, we've, we're up to four locations now and all of them are doing really well. And, uh, I think that we just keep growing. And, and one of the things that we're passionate about is making a difference in our communities and back to Michael's dream was we were going to bless the communities. And to me, that's, that can mean a lot of things to a lot of people, but I feel like it's doing something really positive for people when they, when they walk through your doors, they feel, you know, encouragement they feel like they have this sense of like, I'm appreciated and I'm valued and, and they have a, a, like a place that they kind of call their place. And, and, uh, so I feel like we're, we can bless the community in a lot of ways, but that's really what we want to keep doing. And we want to keep replicating in different areas of the Metroplex. And, um, uh, so we want to keep growing and doing that. And, and I also get just a lot of satisfaction from our staff, um, you know, getting career opportunities. So it's one of, a friend of mine told me that's one of the things that's special about owning a small business is you get to help create economies and that didn't exist before. Right. So, Meaning, you know, you know, there's jobs that didn't have, that weren't there before. So, um, I mean, we love being able to invest in, and in, and in, in help mentor people in that way. Yeah. What is that on the topic of economy? I mean, yeah. What does it mean to you to be the employer of almost a hundred people or so between yeah. all the locations? Like, how does that feel? Like, yeah, how many people is it? Right now we're at about 70. I think within the next year we'll be close to a hundred. So that's crazy. Yeah. So that is awesome, you know, because we started with like 12, you know, and, and that wasn't enough. But, you know, yeah, it right. was, um, um, you know, it's really, it's really awesome. Um, you know, I, I probably don't fully appreciate it right now, you know, like, but it's, it's, it's pretty uh, challenging at times, you know, because it's a lot of, a lot of people to keep up with. And I interview every single one of them. So, I try to make a point to get to know everybody and, and, um, be involved in the interview process. So, um, but yeah, it's pretty wild to think that, that in that short of amount of time we've grown that much. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and while you're talking about looking for just good people and stuff and how you like to interview people, you're very hands-on with who you have as part of the team. Just generally speaking, what are some things that you look for like in a good employee like just as advice what do you look for yeah so i think it's so important my wife helps keep me accountable to this because sometimes when you're um maybe you're hurting for staff and you you feel like you need three or four more people and you need them quickly it's really easy to compromise because you can find people that maybe have some of the qualities you're looking for but not all of them and and so we try to be really disciplined about it and that usually means saying no to a lot of people so we probably say no to you know more than half of our applicants um and so um but yeah Hayden knows this we we look for people that are that are humble they're hungry and they're smart and good with people so 
um, those are the things that we're emphasizing and and at the end of the day we want somebody who's going to represent us and represent our heart for the community and wanting to bless people when they come in and, and give them a great experience and so um, you know that's dif- it's difficult to judge that in an interview but we try really hard we ask a lot of questions about what's important to uh, to people and how they want to um, what does it give us examples about how they've given good customer service and things like that so um, we definitely are looking for people that love people yeah so. yeah and that's interesting because you might go into an, an interview talking about all the skills that you have or mm-hmm. experienced and experience is good but if you can't like express that you love people mm-hmm. then it's hard for us to like want or like able to have you on a team where we can feel comfortable with how you're holding yourself to a customer yeah to to the customer and to your coworkers too because you mentioned the team and that's exactly how we have to to do it because uh it's one thing that's a little bit different about summer moon and the way we run our summer moon and dfw even more is just um we have this assembly line kind of workflow and you're pretty close to elbow to elbow with your coworkers on a regular basis and you've got to work together in order to serve that many people in a short amount of time and so it's very team focused and so if you're going to have a good team you got to have people who work well with other people yeah and so uh, if somebody comes to us with amazing you know espresso and latte art knowledge and skills in the technical side but less so in the people side they're probably not the best fit for us right because we can teach all those things but we can't teach to love people necessarily yeah yeah yeah, you have to kind of want that so so uh talking a little bit more specifically about um your experiences in the shop and people that have told you stories about the opportunity for connection in the shop what's Mm -hmm. one of your favorite stories about that kind of connection that's happened in one of the four shops yeah I mean, I get this kind of on a regular basis, which just blows me away, but um, I love it when a, a married couple has like their anniversary date at Summer Moon. Oh, wow. Yeah. I just I just think it's so awesome because it's, it's not like the most high budget anniversary date, but it's a special, it's meaningful to them because it's a special place and it's the environment and the experience and, and we get that a lot and I think that's so awesome. Um, that it's kind of like a place for them to connect and have conversation and, and um, it's meaningful. So I love hearing that. I also just love uh, hearing like this is a place where I can kind of de-stress and relax and think and, get, you know, plan and, and do things that are personal, you know, help achieve personal goals and things like that. So just being a place that's... Um, uh, sort of a safe place for people to come and and I mean that in the sense of like they just feel at home yeah so yeah that's good I I can definitely relate to that because summer moon is where I've built some of my some of the most important relationships in my life right now and you can probably attest to the same thing <laughs> yeah it was like we were saying that the other day I think whenever I might have been talking about it with you whenever you and Emily were over with me and Brittany and stuff and we were talking and I was like just looking around the room and I was like everything in my life right now that I have, my friends, my relationship, everything all came from Summer Moon. Like, and if I didn't ever make that move to come work here, I was like, my life would be completely different. Like I'm surrounded in an entire room by friends and people 
and it's all summer moon is the connection you know so it's like yeah it, it's it's cool that it can reach that deep you know i'm like well this job's already exceeded any of my expectations i came wanting to learn how to steam a latte and i got you know relationships yeah. and friendships that'll last forever so i'm like yeah. you get a lot more than just coffee that's with cool. it yeah well summer moon's done that for a lot of people too and that's that's cool that you know that dream that your pastor had and shared with you yeah. sparked something that's affected so many people yeah. so that's and i think you'd cool. hear similar stories in austin too that's because, true yeah. yeah and i think that that's like it was kind of what was already happening and we got to join in on it and sort of have our own little little flair with it but um it's it's happening i i could tell you lots of stories of people i know in, in austin that would say the same thing it's like they'll also comment on like you know it, it's hard to leave once you once you're in the family you know it's like it's home you know so uh, in a good way, you know. Of course, of course. So. Well, that's cool. Um, we don't have any more questions, but we just want to say thank you for sitting down and sharing your story. Yeah, yeah, thank you guys. Appreciate it. Absolutely. That's all for today, folks. Thanks for stopping by. Hope you all have a great week, and we'll see you next time. We're going to interview Jonah Ott. He is the head roaster of Cultivar Coffee in Dallas, Texas. Peace. <laughs>